0: we've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website. InternationalHorsecollege.com. registered training organisation 31352. Now, today's guest is a Pilates instructor who's gone across to, well, she's a dressage rider as well, and she's been able to combine the two. So I'd like to introduce you to Helen Fletcher. How are you today, Helen?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Glenn.
0: Now, Helen, before we started, I wanted to make sure that I've got this right. So what I found was the Pilates was a system of exercises using special apparatus designed to improve the physical strength, flexibility and posture and enhance mental awareness. Would you describe it as that?
1: Yes, pretty much, Gwyneth. You don't need apparatus, mm-hmm. but we do work on apparatus as well. Yep. So Joseph Pilates' first exercises was the 34 mat exercises. So that's how he started, just working on the mat. Yes. And then he later developed the work with the equipment a little bit later on in his career. Mm-hmm. But, yes, it does all of those things.
0: Okay. And I, I think if it's going to improve the physical strength, flexibility and posture, that's perfect for riding. So it's a great complementary yes. exercise. Yeah. Yeah. It is, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Look, Helen, before we start, do you have a favourite quote that you'd like to introduce yourself with?
1: I do. I have so many favourite quotes. I really love quotes. I've <laughs> them <Okay. laughs> For a long time. But the one that's resonating with me at the moment is is a beautiful quote by Eric Franklin, and I can tell you a little bit more about him in a minute. Yes. And the quote is, Posture is a balancing act, not a position. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm, I'm thinking about that quote a lot throughout my work the last couple of months. I've actually got it stuck on the wall above my desk at the moment.
0: <laughs> I think the best quotes get stuck on walls. They do, don't they? So you can remember yes, them all the reason. time.
1: Mm-hmm. Eric Franklin, some of the readers, or some of the listeners may know who he is, but there's a very interesting link with Eric Franklin and, and the late Sally Swift. Okay. They both worked with and were influenced by Mabel Todd. Now, Mabel Todd is, is recognized as the founder of what is now known as idiokinesis. So, it's anatomically based creative visual imagery that helps to improve your posture your alignment and your movement, and also your knowledge of anatomy. So there's a lovely link there
0: between Eric Franklin's work and mm-hmm. Sally Swift. Okay. Okay. Well, Sally Swift is well known to people, you know, as someone that's been able to just have, I'd say, complementary work for competitive riders. You know, she sort of was did things mm. that were a little bit outside the box that, first of all, People were quite shocked by some of the exercises, but then started to realise how they helped mainstream writers.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I probably tend to, to work a little a little similarly in some ways with her or in the reference that some of the clinics initially in my that classes people are a little bit surprised by some of the things I do, which are a bit a bit less left centre. in the beginning of the
0: class. (laughs) Well, that's what they might think because they haven't come across it before. But if you've got the benefits and you've got those people coming back and recommending you to their friends, then I think that's sort of proof in itself, isn't it, that it's going to work?
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm. Mm. And that certainly is happening at the moment.
0: Yep, yep. Helen, can you remember something earlier on in your riding and your work with horses where you started to be more aware of rider position? What was, you know, thinking of something there along the lines? Have you got a story for us or or tell us when you were first more aware of rider position?
1: I was very lucky as a young rider. My sister and I, I have two sisters, but only one of them was riding seriously. We were very lucky when we were young. We were taught by a woman called Gwen Stead. Who is quite well known in the Western District, and she was a student of Franz Moringa. So, mm-hmm. from the age of eleven, I had dressage lessons with, with uh, Glenstead, who was affectionately known as Squish to all of her <laughs> pupils. Although we well, weren't allowed to call her that to her face, <laughs> <laughs> and she talked a lot about position. She she was incredible, and we all learned a lot. We basic equine biomechanics, which is pretty amazing, because this was back in the late 60s, yes. early 70s. Uh, she taught us about footfalls, lateral flexion and bend, and longitudinal flexion. Mm-hmm. And within that, our, our position was always very important, and we were taught to ride well. And that probably made a big impression on me. And then many years later, after my first Pilates session, which was about 25 years ago now, I started practicing Pilates. And it was honestly at my own, at the end of my first session as I was walking home, that I thought this would be brilliant for Rose. Just to keep the attention to detail, the focus on alignment and posture, focus, concentration, um, control, all of those things, very important and quite integral to the practice of Pilates, which I think married and marries really well with, with riding and particularly with dressage, but with all riding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you then, you know, when you when did you first mm-hmm. get the idea of combining Pilates with horses? But if it was after your first session, that just goes to show it was how... It 25 uh, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't well.
1: rush it, Gwyneth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, how long have you actually been teaching Pilates, though? Because that was when you first started. You probably did it more as a complement to your own riding. But when did you start teaching Pilates to equestrians?
1: I started teaching, per se, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And probably within the first three or four years of teaching, I had my first rider. And I really found that rider by default. She landed up in She ended up in my class. Okay. And just through conversations with her, I actually voiced what my idea was mm. and what I eventually hoped to do. I had a then that developed into getting a few more writers. But it really wasn't until last year, last around October, that I decided to take a very big step forward. So I've been I had a few writers I'd written for Dressage Today magazine, I'd written for uh, Equestrian Life magazine. But I wanted. I decided that I needed to take that big step forward and actually go to the riders rather than expect them to come to me in Melbourne. And because I am a, I was born in Ballarat and my family is still there. I've made a decision to start to look for a space to sublet in Ballarat. So I still about to teach full time in Melbourne, but I travel up to Ballarat on a Saturday, and I targeted specifically just riders I only teach riders up there and then the clinics that I'm running have developed from there yep. so I've really been working very busily for the last year but I've been kicking along very slowly so probably 10 years prior to that mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you've got some good stories you know that you've got some very happy people and, and not just happy people but happy horses because the riders are riding better
1: It's I knew and have known all my riding life that as riders we affect the horse from every aspect. But I'm continually thrilled and and it's deeply satisfying to see the change in the horses. I just had a three-day clinic at Galesford Equestrian and the results that were able to be achieved over that three-day period were incredible. And and um, there's photographs actually on my... Equipoise Pilates Facebook page of one particular couple, Jane and Ben, and it was just amazing. Okay, and good. And the, the, the attendees of the clinic were sure and I was equally children. Yeah, yeah.
0: What do you think the best thing about teaching Pilates to equestrians, to horse riding people?
1: From a personal perspective yeah, from I from the think perspective so.
0: of no. the I, I think that's, that's their point of view, but what's your point of view?
1: The satisfaction of seeing quite profound change. And I think when we improve our awareness, our control, our dynamic stability, it enables us to communicate much more clearly with the horses. we become a lot quieter uh, as far as riders go. And this promotes a a much more harmonious partnership and a much happier horse Mm, mm. And, and a much happier rider. Because knowing that you... I think what I find what I what I find most personally satisfying to me as a rider is knowing that I have control of my body and that I can do whatever I need to do with it and it's not inhibiting me. And I think that's a really big thing. Because the rider the rider's body can inhibit the rider and then the rider themselves can be inhibiting the horse.
0: Yep. Yep. Okay, no, that makes sense. that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Mm. You've talked about Gwen, Gwen Stead. What did you call her? Squish? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so ultimately it would be Gwen um, who influenced you, but then, uh, you know, France Maringer as well, who's had a lot of influence over a lot of people, you know, like directly or through an instructor that he's taught. He's had a huge influence because he really was ahead of his time coming into Australia. But who else has influenced you, you know, either with horses or with Pilates? I
1: think with Pilates it's been primarily my teachers that I had, my very first teachers. I landed on my feet when I first started Pilates in Melbourne. It was very unknown 25 years ago and I had to go searching and I found myself in a terrific studio with with a husband and wife who were team, who were fantastic teachers, and then from them the teachers that have influenced me throughout my training. But Our greatest teachers are always our clients, so I think that's been the biggest influence on me would be working with a lot of often very injured clients or clients with, that have got quite serious pathologies and then learning through them. And that's given me a lot of confidence actually in my own ability to work with people that have a less than perfect body Mm. in terms of their level of pain and so forth. Yep, yep. As far as my riding goes, again, I think I've had, I haven't had a lot of teachers over my lifetime, but a combination of, of all of them and the horses themselves. Yes, Does that answered yes. that clearly? I, I think yeah.
0: so. I think that, um, you know, you're talking about your injured clients, but I'm sure that the feedback mm. you get from your clients as well and the feedback that they're getting from their horses. So do you work directly with the people and their horses or you work with the people separate to their horses?
1: I used to just work with the riders in the studio. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm running the clinics, I work with them on their horses as well. And that okay. has just seen the most exciting step forward for me. So mm-hmm. the clinic runs on a fairly simple format where I work with, four riders at a time in a mat class. And the mat class is designed to really prepare them for ride. We then go on to the arena and divide into two, and I take two at a time for an hour on the arena. And I work with a lot of different things. Some of them are little balls and a bit of visual imagery. We talk about we work on posture. And the results that are coming from that have been really terrific. Yeah, Yeah. And I think putting people on their horses, it just gives them a much, well, A, it puts the work we're doing into a real-time situation. And I've found that riders absolutely love their horses. So to be doing Pilates that involves their, their horses at the same time has been really popular and everyone has got a lot out of it and is really enjoying the combination.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that you would have noticed big differences, especially with mm. your clients. Are you noticing differences just within your workshops with the horses or are they a bit more that people might contact you after the workshop and, and say that there's a difference?
1: We can see it. I can see a difference generally before the class is half over. Oh, that's good. So generally within the first half hour of the session, there's been a change in the horse. Yep. It's yep. quite sick. And I do a bit of work to release uh, tight muscles and just some of these small postural changes. A lot of the horses to me look like they've taken a big breath out. Yep. They become a lot softer. Their movement changes. And the riders can feel that quite quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I try and capture what I can, if I can, on video or on my phone for them. That's a little tricky for me because I'm usually really very focused on what I'm doing and and, uh, my concentration has to be really high. But I had a friend of mine come and watch the last hour of my last clinic and she's a horsewoman I really respect. And it was nice to stand next to someone in the centre of the arena and have her notice the big changes as well. Mm, mm. So absolutely, I actually haven't had a horse and rider combination that haven't noticed change in the horse. There hasn't been one at all. That's
0: good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What sort of
0: exercises? You know, you start off on the mat. What sort of exercises are you doing that we could talk about? You know, just for the listeners who may not have the opportunity to get to a workshop, what can they do to help Mm. get a difference?
1: That's a good question. I always start with some sort of release because most people are carrying quite a bit of tension. And if there's one thing I notice about most of the riders that I've and I would probably hesitate to say hundred percent, but it probably is. There's there's a lot of tight musculature. Mm-hmm. Um, some riders are a little bit weak in areas, but most are, are a little bit too tight. They don't they don't stretch. They don't do any sort of release work. So we always start with that, and I start with something that brings them into their body and increases their proprioception. And proprioception is just a big word for their knowledge of where their body is. So, the, the greater your awareness of your body, the more in tune you are with your body, and the, the more, uh, the easier it is for you to apply leg aids, know where you are in the saddle. And you know the word feel that we use in riding?
0: Yes. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book. 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Yes, sometimes it's a little bit too, um, you know, everyone uses it, but I'm not sure that everyone understands it.
1: Feel is basically we we developed feel through proprioception, so feel is like a a highly a more highly focused sense of where our body is and and in relation to timing of aids and the the feel of our movement and our. um,
0: so it's a pro-prosection, is, is that what it's called, pro-prosection? It's
1: prosection it's a, a sense of where our body is.
0: Okay.
1: okay. And through that greater heightened awareness, our feel develops. That's probably a better way of yep. saying it, right? yep.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, okay. Yeah.
1: So then we progress to generally spinal articulation exercises. So there are some very simple exercises, and some of them listeners could find on my Facebook page. I've made a few little videos. Very simple things like spine curls, which is just peeling the spine up from the floor if you're lying on your back with your knees bent. That's a very, very simple and very effective exercise to wake up the deep core stabilizers and begin to mobilize the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the more basic ones. And cat stretches are very good to mobilize. You go onto all fours. If you've probably seen those where you arch your back like a
0: cat. I'm thinking of a cat while you, you're talking. Yes. Yes, because they do, they have a great stretch. <laughs> I tend stretch. to
1: start with yeah. that, that type of thing and then we move on to a little bit more work on beginning to wake up your dynamic stabilizers of your torso mm-hmm. and we work through the hips, quite a bit of work to release the hips often prior to getting into the saddle. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. There's, it's generally a, a flowing class that yes. starts at one point and finishes standing. I talk about elongating the spine and finding that beautiful sense of stretch up, stretch down that that Gwen Stead used to talk about a lot. We refer to that as axial elongation in the Pilates world. Mm -hmm. So I try and and finish generally with something that puts the rider into the right state of mind and body before they hop onto the horse.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say you need to do that for an hour before you ride, but there's often just a couple of little simple exercises that people can do prior to, to getting on the horse. Mm-hmm.
0: What would they be? You know, If someone has already gone, done your workshop, so mm-hmm. they've taken the hour to get to know the different stretches, so they, they've got that depth of knowledge there, but they've got a couple of minutes before they get on the horse, what sort of exercises would they do?
1: Probably depending on what where they've come from. If they've mm-hmm. come out of their car, they've driven for an hour to get to their horse, I would suggest they do some type of hip stretch because most people that sit a lot have um, shortened hip flexors. So that can be a very quick thing to do before you hop into the saddle because you'll find if you are quite tight through the front of the hips that the angle of the hip joint is going to be more closed than it is open. Does that make sense? Yes, it
0: does. Like you think about a chair seat. So if you're teaching someone that's got a chair seat, it's because that angle of the hip joint is closed so it definitely makes sense
1: Yeah, yes and a very quick thing you could do there without having to get down onto the floor and you can even do it seated on the horse is to just pick up your foot and hold it behind you so your heel would up your backside if it gets out that hole and you would lengthen down through the knee and feel like you're almost pulling up slightly through the, the front of the pelvis to stretch the front of the thigh that's just a very quick something a rider could do prior to hopping on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, another good thing to mobilize the spine would be a roll down. And that would just require you to stand straight. So I'm taking um, taking for granted your horse is saddled up in a safe space. And you could bend your knees just slightly and begin to roll your spine down. So you would nod your chin, your head would roll then your neck, your upper back, your lower back. You take a nice breath in at the bottom and then re-stack your spine. So it would be a rolling and an articulating of the spine. Now, that isn't an exercise that's suitable for certain pathology, but I won't go into that in this format. But if someone has a pathology that isn't suitable for that type of movement, then they would know that they shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Okay. Yep. Mm. Yep. So that's just two quick, simple things. Yes,
0: definitely, definitely. If someone's going to go down the path of becoming a Pilates instructor that teaches people horse riding, much the same career as you've got, what sort of core skills or character traits would they need to have? You know, someone that might be at high school now or is thinking about working in the horse industry and is a bit interested in Pilates. Um, yeah, what would you say to them as far as, the core skills and character traits it would take for them to get into the um, to teaching that?
1: First and foremost, patience mm-hmm. is absolutely vital, um, particularly when you're working with people and then progressing into working with them on their horses. And it, in our industry, you need to have a lot of patience in relation to your clients on a day-to-day basis and also in your own learning i would i would recommend that first and foremost if, if they have if they're a patient person and they have a, a desire to learn and the true desire to teach and you have to have that true desire to teach to be a really good effective teacher uh, from there if this is someone interested they would then want to have a look around for a fully accredited comprehensive training course Pilates training course from a recognized provider. So there's there's probably three or four main providers in Australia that are fully accredited. And I trained with the Australian Pilates Method Association. So their Diploma of Pilates Movement Therapy involves around about 650 contact hours. So it's a very comprehensive course. Uh, you then have to do a certain amount of hours of supervised teaching. So you come out of that qualification ready to teach. The issue there is that that is then just the very beginning. So a desire for, or a love of ongoing learning is another prerequisite.
0: Because yes, our industry
1: yes. is ever changing. Yep. Um, we're learning more and more every day, every week about the body. At the moment, the, one of the hot topics is the is fascia, the connective tissue. And there's been an enormous amount of research on the role that it plays uh, in, in the body. So a de- patience, a desire to learn, a true desire to teach and to want to help people and to see change and help facilitate change in people. And then to find a, a very good, accredited, fully accredited and recognised Pilates instructor training course for female growth. But prior to that, I would... I would really recommend that they do
0: Pilates to make sure that they understand. Then that way they've got the knowledge to be able to put back into it. Because as you say, it's a desire to learn. You know, if someone becomes an instructor, they've got to have a base knowledge of horses and a love of riding and a love of horses before they start. Yes. So I understand that about the Pilates, that they've got to have that knowledge of Pilates, first of all, before they even think about teaching it.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. and know and have it in their body. I think that's a very important aspect of teaching. You can know the theory, mm. but you need to have work in your body. And I and I feel that way with with the way I'm teaching as well. I need to know what it feels like on a horse to be to be trying a certain postural change or a certain exercise that I'm given. I need to know what that feels like. And as a Pilates practitioner. I need to know exactly in my body and have a very heightened awareness of all of the exercises that I'm teaching to be able to teach them well and to be able to cue them well and to have an understanding of how people will be, will be learning them and how their different body type and idiosyncrasies will, be, yep. will, cha- will change the feeling in the body as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. So yep. no, that's it, good.
1: it takes a long time, but I think... But the Where I work currently in Melbourne, we run a teacher training course. And mm-hmm. so I work not so much directly with the students now. I did sit for quite a few years in another job. I did a lot of mentoring. But I watch the students. And they come in and they're really passionate and and very open-minded mm-hmm. and very keen to learn. And that's really important. So that's, that's, that's the first thing. If you've got the desire, then anything is possible, really. Yep, it's, yep. Yeah. What do you think your
0: proudest moment's been as a Pilates instructor who teaches horse riding horse horse riders?
1: That's a that's a tricky question. <laughs> to be honest, my pride really. I have so much pride in the clients that mm-hmm. that's probably where I feel the most proud. Yep. Watching them, they a lot of them come into a clinic they've not done Pilates before, or if they have, they haven't done Pilates like I teach it. Mm-hmm. So they come with an open mind and an open heart and do the listen and take it all on and, and then off we go on the horses. And when they that that makes me really proud that people are willing to to have a go and then watch them achieve the results. Yeah. And as I said earlier, when you're working with someone with their horse and they love their horse and I've not met anyone ever Even if they were doing the wrong thing, but with intending to do the wrong thing by their horses, Mm, mm,
0: that's exactly right. Yeah,
1: watch people. Mm. Yes, and it's. it's, I'm in a privileged position, I I believe, at the moment, to be watching people improving and changing with, with sometimes, up the tiniest changes that I'm making, Mm -hmm. really small things that make a profound difference. Yes, and I I feel really
0: proud. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's really good, you know, having mm. that, as you say, the small difference but the the relief that it can give to a rider, to a horse, yeah, yeah. And you might only spend one workshop with that person but it could affect the rider and the horse for the rest of their life but not just maybe with that horse, with any other horse that they, they ride, they come into contact with. It can improve that yeah. horse's life as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thinking about when you first started And it's something like Pilates for horse riders. When you first started, I'm sure you would have got a little bit of just people not understanding, not understanding the benefits. You know, I'm Mm. thinking that that itself would be a challenge. But what do you think has been your biggest challenge on your way to becoming a Pilates instructor for horse riders?
1: Look, I think there's there's been a number of them, but... You're absolutely right. In the beginning, when I first started to talk about it, which was probably 10 years ago, a couple of people that I spoke to were quite negative and felt that, you know, what what's the point? Riders just need to ride. Mm. And if you're fit for riding, why do you need to do anything else? So fortunately for me, over the last 10 years, that's changed a lot. You now we've got, I know there's a number of, top riders that put a lot of time and energy into their fitness. Stefan Peters from the US. Yes. Uh, Charlotte Jardin.
0: I was going to say I know Charlotte does Pilates too, doesn't she? I'm
1: not sure if she does mm. Pilates, but I know she certainly she does certainly focus worries on her about she and, yeah, her,
0: and increasing her core strength. Mm, yep, for
1: sure. That's right. Yep. So that's been really good and helpful for me because the more high profile people that talk about the fact that they cross train has, been, has, has helped me. Um, so it was really a matter of timing. Unfortunately for me, timing, my personal timing, I have a son who has uh, recently finished school, so I have more time and I can travel, I can go away and stay away weekends, which I couldn't do when he was younger. So as the equestrian world has awoken to the benefits of, of rider fitness and core and dynamic stability and varieties and cross-training. My son has been growing up, and I've been gathering and absorbing and learning as much as I can, and and the timing was just right for me. Mm. So the biggest challenge, personally, was making the decision to make that next big step, which was to sublet the studio in Ballarat and begin the, that sort of weekly commute. Yep. And I don't believe I could have made that any earlier. But it was a challenging decision to make because I knew that my lifestyle, if it worked, my lifestyle would change.
0: (laughs) Yes. And it has. Yep, yep. Mm. That's good. That's good. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. Helen, have you got a book that you could recommend to our listeners? You know, maybe one that you've read. Have you got a book that you've written?
1: I haven't got a book that I've written. I have got some articles I've written, but not a book. I've got a quite a lovely library of Australian books, but I thought it might be helpful for the listeners to have a Pilates book. Is that a good idea?
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it would be. Mm.
1: Uh, a book I really like is has, It's called The Pilates Bible, and there are three authors, Lynn Robinson, Lisa Bradshaw, And Nathan Gardner and they work with Body Control Pilates in the UK, which is a a very nice organisation. And what I love about this book, it's very thorough, it has beautiful photographs, and everything is laid out in a very simple way. So if you wanted to if you're not in a situation where you can get to a a Pilates teacher, and I have to say being with a teacher is the ultimate rather than learning out of a book. But if that's your only option, this is a beautiful book to do that with because everything is explained very clearly and succinctly. The photographs are beautiful and it's just, it's probably one of my favourite books to, to use every now and then as a reference to remind them of some of the hundreds of exercises that I know <laughs> that I often forget. For sure, yeah. Helen,
0: what are you looking forward to now? What does your future hold? I
1: feel very excited, about what's coming next. I love learning and I'm about to embark on a little bit more uh, further education, so I'm hoping to do that over the next six months. I'm super busy at the moment, so I haven't been able to start, but I want to just keep developing what I'm doing now and see how much further I can take it. There's always more learning to be done by me and... That's what I'm planning to do, to just keep learning and then applying my, what I learn to my clients and hope that they will keep coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. I'm going to ask you before we finish just summarising your philosophy with Pilates for equestrians, just into a sentence or two. What would you say to our listeners, just something to leave them with? There's
1: a beautiful quote that I have on my website that um, by Charles Dickensy, and I I actually emailed Charles. I don't know him personally to see if I could use this quote, and he was he was delightful and said that I that I could. So I feel privileged to actually have this on my website. Good. But he says the horse cannot go better than the rider will allow. Yes. And I love that quote, and it does sum up my philosophy. I. I really believe that we should aim to be the athletic equivalent of the horse. Now that doesn't mean, I don't want that to frighten people who are are pleasure riders and feel that they have to cross train extensively because they don't. I think if you look at being an equivalent of your horse if if you're a high level rider, then I do believe that your level of training needs to rise up to meet that. And even if you are, Well, Charlotte Dujardin is a classic example. She's a beautiful rider, but she still takes the time and puts the effort and the commitment into looking after her body. And even if if you are someone who rides once a week and goes out hacking, you know, riding through the bush, then the more mobile and supple and strong you can be, even if that just means 10 minutes a day, you take some time to commit to your own body, then the better ride you're going to have. And it really doesn't take that much time. One of the articles I wrote most recently for dressage today was a, was a six to 10-minute routine that you can do. And I think if, if everyone could find just a couple of exercises that they fit into their day and maybe change that. So if you were to go and buy the book I've recommended, for example, maybe pick a couple of exercises and do them for a month, and then perhaps add one more in for another month, and build yourself up to where if you commit between five and 20 minutes a day to something that is going to improve your posture, improve your ability to move, it is going to have a, a big impact on your riding from, from the mm. respect of pleasure for both you and your horse and also hopefully
0: improve your posture, because that, that is a very big issue too, posture is hugely important. Yep. yeah. That's good. Helen, if people would like to contact you, contact you about a workshop or even more videos, and I know we've got some on your Facebook page and we'll have those that page available at horsechats.com slash Helen Fletcher, or we'll go to horsechats.com, search for Helen or search for Fletcher. But if they were going to, contact you directly. What's your best contact? How can they get hold of you?
1: They can contact me through my, if they go onto my website, which is equipoisepilates.com.au.
0: And that website will be on horsechats.com just in case you miss it. But, yes, keep going, Helen, sorry.
1: No, that's okay. My email address is there, and Mm -hmm. apologies to all of the listeners, my email address is ridiculously long. (laughs) (laughs) Once you have it in your computer, it's fine. My email address is there and my phone number is there. So okay, you're very welcome perfect. to email me or call me. And I'm happy to hear from anyone.
0: Okay. And the phone number zero four one one five five two three hundred. Is that the one? That's right. Perfect. And we'll put that on your horse chats page just in case someone missed out. Okay. Helen, this was very good. It was a very good compliment. And I think a lot of people are starting to realise the benefits now of cross-training, not just going out to become a competitive rider, but the benefits of cross-training to improve their competition results. And yeah, I think if they want to talk to Helen about a workshop or or just even visit her Facebook page and have a look at the videos, I think that'll be extra educational that you can build up on what you've learnt today and learn some more about this particular aspect of horses. So thank you, Helen. Thank you for uh, coming on and thank you for chatting to us and we look forward to chatting to you some more very soon.
1: Yes, that's terrific and thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Oh, thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this
0: chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com.